1: Hi there. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast. This is indeed season five. Mm -hmm. My name is Matt. I'm Courtney. (laughs) Didn't even get a chance to introduce you. Oh,
2: sorry. I just thought we were saying our names.
1: With me as always, as for the last four years, is my wife, Courtney.
2: I'm here. Hello. How are you, dear? Great. Thank you. So we're here. Ready to rock and roll.
1: I like it. It's a can-do attitude. (laughs) We like that around here. So Courtney and I are here to have a discussion with you about your relationship with exercise. Now, what do we mean by this? I want to start off by saying, and Courtney, please tell me if you agree or disagree, most people's relationship with exercise, especially when they're first starting, is damaged in some way.
2: Yes. Do you agree? Why? Why do I agree?
1: What's your viewpoint here?
2: So why why is it damaged? It's it's one of those situations, I think, and you and I, Matt, are good examples of this, that it can be damaged in really opposite ways.
1: There's multiple ways it can be damaged. Um, the way I would look at it as an overview is purely... When people start off, it's because what they think and how they view exercise is distorted versus how it actually is is or should be, or in many people's cases will be once they're sort of straightened out, Mm. if they're ever straightened out. Yes. So we are of the opinion that most people's relationship with exercise is damaged in some way. I know mine was Mm. for a long time. Courtney's was for a long time but from different ends of the scale. Yes. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through the different ways that we've noticed either from personal experience or many, many, many years now of professional experience working with people just like you, the different ways that we can spot someone's relationship with exercise being a little bit off, Yes. shall we say. So we're going to go through... what what the problem is and how it works or doesn't work and then give a tip or two on how to work past that particular issue before moving on to the next point. Yeah? Yes. Would you like to go first or shall I?
2: You're on a roll. Keep going.
1: Okay. First thing I notice with people, the first sort of red flag that they're not viewing exercise the right way, is that they think more must be better. So, okay, cool. Well, I can now do a 20-minute cardio session. My next one will be 25 minutes, then 35 minutes, then an hour, then an hour and a half. Like where the fuck does this stop? Yeah. That's one example. Another example of the more must be better mentality is, oh, well, fuck. I'm not changing the way I think I should be. I must need to do more exercise as a default response. Give me more cardio sessions. Give me more weight sessions.
2: Yeah. And I, I, this was not me. I don't have. It certainly was me. I don't have a background in this. I was definitely the opposite to more is better. But I think I can really see how people fall into this trap. Mm. It's really easy. And I think half of it as well is what what we see because a lot of it comes back down to social media, what's in front of us, and a lot of what's in front of us all the time is people who have bodies that we want to have, they're putting up photos of them at the gym. They're working out. They're putting up workout videos. Yes, yes. I think that feeds into the mentality that they're always working out and that this is what I need to do to get that body. I think that's one part of it. It's not obviously the only part, but I think that that is a big part of it as well.
1: Well, know with me, um, it was my mentality from the word go once I thought I was taking things seriously. is And I can't say that for me it came from social media because, well, when I first started, there was MySpace, mm-hmm. so I'm currently advertising how old I am. Uh, but to me, it was just the my perspective, human mentality of more is better. Mm. So I thought, well, okay, I'm doing you know an hour at the gym of weights. Why don't I add to that and run to the gym and then run home from the gym? Um, I should also add that was a 45 minute trek each way. So
2: plus your actual gym work, plus the
1: actual um, the actual gym session. And so initially, it's like you know, I'll go, I'll do this three days a week. Oh well, I should do this more now. Four days a week, five days a week, six days a week. So for me, the more is better mentality got me doing three hours a day, six days a week take Sundays off and just eat junk food because I earned it, which will that's a bit of a giveaway for another point coming up down the track. Yes. Uh, But I just thought the mentality was more is better. And so I do see that now a lot um, from a professional standpoint where you can see if someone is getting frustrated by a lack of progress in their mind, you know, I'm not changing fast enough, and the question comes in, you know, oh, can I do more cardio sessions? Can I do more of this? Can I do more of that? Uh, we, no, you can't. If you could do more, we'd recommend more <laughs> to begin with. But is this something you've seen a lot in your experience, Courtney? The the more is better mentality.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I and I think it. As I said, I think these days social media does play a lot into it. I think that the workout workout part of weight loss is sort of almost glamorized. Um, So it feels like you should be doing more of it. Um, I I, I think that feeds into it a lot. But also, as you said, there's just that mentality of, well, more has to be better. It seems logical that the more you do of something, the, you know, you'll get in better shape, the better you're going to be at it. So I can also see that mentality, like it does seem logical that if you want to be in better shape that you should work out more often.
1: Well, you know, uh, in, in some circumstances, more actually is better, mm. um, but it, it really is dependent on a person's goals but also what they're doing when they're not exercising
2: yeah well that's that's the key one isn't it so yes the mentality does have you know a place but i think when it comes to exercise it it comes with more there's more questions that need to be asked rather than just oh i want to do i want to get in better shape i need to work out more
1: yeah and the the solution isn't just, okay, well, if you've got the time to do more, let's go do more. You've got to look at what's going on around it. So, you know, is someone adequately fueling themselves? What's their recovery like? What's their hydration like? What's their, what are their sleep patterns like? You know, all those boring fucking things that no one cares about that make all the difference. What
2: style of exercise are you doing? So there are yeah. there's so many questions that do need to be asked, and recovery is a huge one.
1: So one might say the biggest because it determines, you know, your performance yeah. next time out.
2: And then fatigue, you you overtraining is a problem. And overtraining can lead to injury, can lead to a lot of other health problems.
1: Shout out to uh episode we did. I think it was season 2, am I overtraining? Yeah.
2: So it is a is it is a actual thing. I think we spoke about this in that podcast that people just would joke about overtraining, thinking oh, it was like a a myth, or just like something someone would say,
1: yeah. you know,
2: to make fun of people. Mm. It was like a joke. That's an actual, it's actual it's
1: actual condition. It is
2: actually quite serious, the and condition. it's not a joke. Yeah. And mm. people need to be really mindful of that. Mm. And they also need to be very mindful, as you pointed out, Matt. Nutrition. What exercise are you doing? You know the time of day you're exercising, recovery wise, sleep, um, and you mentioned hydration. So your your water intake, all of these questions need to be asked. So it's, it's
1: also well, it's also a, a goal dependent thing. So with um, with clients of ours, we do prescribe them more exercise as they become more advanced, but they've got to cross certain bridges to be ready to get the most out of it. So a little, the way I sort of approach it is, well, how about you get the most out of going to the gym three times a week before you worry about going to the gym four times a week or five times a week or 15 times a week? Yeah. So with this particular point, what what tips will we give for moving past this? The more
2: is better mindset? Yeah. I think for the more is better mindset, the first tip that I would give is one that you just touched on, Matt, which is what are you training for? Really ask yourself, what am I training for?
1: Well, let's also say, to be fair, in the context of the weight loss podcast, we will assume that they are training for, wait for it, weight loss. This isn't the marathon podcast. So let's let's presume that you listening are looking to incorporate an exercise program to improve weight loss or you know, all that sort of good stuff that we talk about on this show. tip I'd give here is the first thing I would actually give is to understand more isn't necessarily better. Better is better. So what do I mean by better is better? As I said before, you know, let's say you want to get the most out of three days a week in the gym before going four days a week, even getting better at those three sessions that you're doing Getting stronger, improving your recovery, having better um, form, like with your with your weight training exercises, is a form of progression and improvement. Mm. Um, You know, being able to say, "Oh, I can now get deeper in my squat," or "I can now do a a full range bench press or a full range shoulder press," versus when I first started, I can only do half range. Whatever it is, there's progressions there that that go beyond just oh, just do more. It's not really about Bulk volume, unless it goes into the next sort of uh, issue that we see people have with their relationship with exercise. Which, before I get into it, do you want to give any more tips on this one or we'll just roll straight in?
2: I think we'll roll straight in because the more tips I was thinking about, I think they're falling under the other things we're going to start to talk yeah, about okay. anyway. So,
1: well, Courtney, what is the next? problem that we see with people with their relationship with exercise
2: the next problem we see a lot of an awful lot fitness versus fat loss yes and we just slightly touched on it well it segues into
1: this one quite nicely
2: in the last one but there is a difference in the training between training for fitness versus training for fat loss yeah
1: and i'll give the easiest example with this okay, I am a woman who wants to lose four or five dress sizes, a.k.a. a weight loss journey. I'm going to go run marathons. Those two things don't go together. As much as some of us might like to think they do, sorry, they don't. I don't make the rules. I just fucking follow them. Yeah, That's a classic example of fitness versus fat loss. So someone wants to improve as a endurance runner, marathon runner that requires an increased level of fitness. And that is where sometimes more can be better because you've got to build up the endurance of in your legs, in your cardio system, you know, things like that. But it does run different to someone who wants to improve their body composition where the workouts are more, you know, short, sharp, intense, focused. Mm-hmm. And it's something we see a lot is where an overweight person will think, oh, well, I'll go and you know, enter myself into these long-distance fun runs or these long-distance bike rides or whatever. And it's like there, there is room for that and there is scope for that, but as the primary training method, not particularly. So as, as another example of, of workouts for fitness versus fat loss – if someone came to me and said, you know, my goal is to be a better runner. Okay, great, tremendous. Let's structure a program that has you running more and for longer. Mm. But the outcome we're aiming for is to get you better as a runner. Anything else that happens is, might be a nice byproduct with that.
0: Mm.
1: Whereas someone comes and says, oh, well, I want to lose a few dress sizes and improve my body composition, aka more muscle Less fat. I'm not going to prescribe long distance running sessions on a million fucking years. Like for, from a cardio perspective, thirty minutes of um, high intensity, uh, high intensity interval training, like, cool, your job's done. You know. Yep. So there is there is a confusion between fitness training and fat loss training, and they are completely and utterly different.
2: They are and. I think, I think as well, this one, I've heard from people in the past. It's another perception thing mm-hmm. sometimes. So it can feed into a lot of the more is better mentality, but it's also from what I spoke about before, the looking what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. So you look at some people will, they've said to me in the past, when we've, I've talked to them about it, they'll see these professional athletes, these CrossFit Games athletes. world champs. yeah. And they're in ripping shape, undoubtedly. Mm. They have fantastic fears. Mm. But the thing that they've missed is what's happened in between. So Mm. I think people will see these athletes, they'll see these world-class sprinters, um, crossfit athletes, um, tennis players, swimmers, and they see these physiques and they think, that's what I want to look like but they, they don't understand the, the, the training metho- methodology that has got them into that shape.
1: Very often with um, the athletes that you're speaking of, Courtney, if you want to see what really got them where they are, look at what they do in the off-season.
2: Yeah, follow them on social media. So a
1: good example, like you mentioned you mentioned um, high-level CrossFit athletes. Look at what they're doing when they're not in CrossFit events. Mm. It won't be that. It'll be very specific. You know, it might be like a strength phase.
2: They'll do strength. Conditioning um, phase. Yeah. They'll do strength. They'll do endurance um, training sessions. They'll do, yeah, it's very structured again.
1: Yeah, but again, as well, I should, be, I should be really clear about this. What these people are doing is geared towards an athletic outcome.
2: And their specific athletic Hy- outcome.
1: specific. And this really goes into the first tip that I would give on this. If, if you are having the issue of confusing fitness and fat loss with your weight loss goals... Get clear on what your actual goals are yes. and what your desired outcomes are. Cause here's what fucking drives me crazy, right? Overweight person comes to Courtney and I for help and we ask people a series of pretty pointed questions to get to know them and their their situation. One of the questions, unsurprisingly, what are your goals? What would you like to achieve? Here's what triggers me every fucking time. I want to get fit. Like, do you actually want to get fit? You don't want to get fit. What the fuck do you mean? Yeah. And that's the first thing that comes into my head is like, is your goal actually fitness? To the point where if someone says that to me, like, you know, I want to get fit. My first response now is fit for what? Yeah. Like running, swimming, bike riding, discus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I no. want I want to I want to, you know, Just I want to lose general. a few I want, Just to lo- generally. I want to lose a few dress sizes. Well, that's different to getting fit.
2: Yeah. It's sort of like a throwaway fr- phrase now.
1: Yeah, but it, it's one that one that does trigger me. Yet the thing is, even through focusing on specific training for weight loss, which is different to specific training for fitness, as a nice byproduct, your general fitness, quote unquote, whatever the fuck that means, will improve as a nice byproduct. Mm but it's not the focus.
2: No, and it's the same thing if you don't, don't compare yourself. If you want to look like somebody in particular, that's great. It's great to have a goal that, you know, that person's got the ideal body shape that I want. Be very careful, though, that you're mm. not comparing yourself to that person because you're not going to do what they're doing to get no. there. So it, you have to be very careful when you're picking people And saying, "I want that body."
1: There's no guarantee. There's no guarantee you'll get it, let alone do the training required to get there. But really, just having clarity on specifically what you want to achieve, and being able to differentiate between fitness goals and fat loss goals. That's really the biggest tip I would give here: is get clarity on that because then if if you come to people like Courtney and I saying, oh, I want to get fit and blah, 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 like we're going to drill you yeah, until we get the actual answer because we know if an overweight person comes to me and says, I want to get fit, it's like, no, you fucking don't. No. Give me the real answer. <laughs> yeah, no. You're not unhappy with your fitness. You might be unhappy with certain things you can't do, like it, it's hard to walk up the stairs. Mm. You know, it's getting harder to get out of bed in the morning. But these are byproducts of the fact that you are fucking overweight and that's what is really bothering you. So, yeah, next one? Yeah. Yep. I'll do the next one. Uh, the next red flag that someone's relationship with exercise is a bit damaged is that they use exercise as a trade-off. Mm. Let me give the gold standard example. Ah. Oh. I just had a a bad meal or a bad night. (sighs) I better go to the gym tomorrow and work it off in the morning. Good luck with that. Not how it works. No. Am I right? Yes. So this is something that I can relate to personally, uh, is thinking that you can outrun poor nutritional habits through bulk or volume exercise or even just chucking in random workouts mm. as a way to sort of move past the guilt like oh I had a slice of cake I better go for an hour run now you know and th- that was me when I was younger for a long long time actually before I really sort of you know had my my own personal snap point was that was part of why I got to the stage where I was exercising 3 hours a day 6 days a week is because I was trying to outdo what I was putting into my body when I was at home because mm. I paid no attention to what was going down the hatch. So I would have my Coke, have my hamburgers, have my, my chips, etc., and then be like, well, better go and do some exercise. But it would go the other way around mm. where it would be, oh, well, I've, done, I've gone to the gym today. I've done my three hours of training. I've earned this. I've earned the McDonald's, you know, I've earned the bulk ice creams and things like that. Yeah. Did you ever do that yourself?
2: I definitely had those those thoughts, but I wouldn't necessarily then do the overtraining. I would more I would think about it, but then I would more just mentally beat myself up for overeating or, or emotionally eating, which would then just fuel this bad cycle. Mm-hmm. So I was very hard on myself mentally, and um, that was probably more what I did. I never really went into the overtraining mode. Um, I hated training so much, and I was, I was like – Is that so? And I was just so lazy.
1: Why have I, why have I never heard yeah, this? Yeah, I know. We've known each other for, for what – 9 years now. This is the first time you've mentioned it you like exercise. Yeah,
2: I know, it's crazy. Crazy to think about, but I I just hated it so much that I <laughs> never and I was just so lazy that I just never got like my mindset never really took me there. It was well, more so I just mentally beat myself up did, for the things
1: I ate. Did you ever come from the the angle of I've exercised, I've earned this? Oh,
2: yeah. That one, that one definitely.
1: Because to me, when we talk about using exercise as a trade-off, there's two sides of this coin. Mm. So like I said before with me, it's like, oh, well, I eat all this shit. I better go and exercise more. But there is the other side of it, which is, oh, well, I've done my exercise. I deserve this.
2: That one is, was definitely me, and I still have to be careful that that one's not me.
1: Yeah. It, because I will yeah.
2: still fall into the trap, even now, mm-hmm. of feeling like, oh, I can eat that. I've deserved that. I I've had a really it. hard day. Ugh. you know, or I, I had mm. a massive day. Like, look at my step count, you know, like
1: I <laughs> had a huge day. Yeah. I deserve that. Yeah.
2: So I, I still have to be very careful because mentally I will still fall into that.
1: Yeah. I've, um, I've, I've battled with both in my life. Uh, and it definitely is something to be mindful of. What, what tip could you give if, if you are someone that being honest with yourself, you know what, that's me, how do you get past that?
2: Well, in terms of my situation, mm-hmm. I clearly haven't because I have just said that I still have to be very careful. Yeah, well,
1: hang on. But, see, I'm going I'm to challenge you on that one. But having to be careful doesn't mean it's holding you back.
2: No, it's not holding me back. So, yes, how do you...
1: How do you go from it being like, shit, this is working against me to where you are now, which is I've just got to be mindful of it? Because that's a, that's a pretty good place to get to, is like I've got to be mindful of it.
2: I think for me, is was originally working out that I was doing it and doing <laughs> it so often. I think that any time you are aware of your bad habits, whether they're physical or mental, mm. you automatically, I think... Uh, sort of halfway through the battle, I think whenever those sort of things are done without you realising it, then you, you're just never going to get anywhere. So, so I think for me part of the battle was just understanding that it was a big problem of mine and just how often I was doing it.
1: What got you to the stage of owning up to it I slash th- realising it?
2: I think when you're recording what you're eating, is pretty obvious
1: is when, that you're, so?
2: when you're recording your exercise and your food, I think you can really see the patterns and it becomes pretty obvious. And then when you're talking, like when you're going through your food for the week and you're looking at it and you're thinking, why did I do that? It also got to the stage when I changed my eating habits so much that when I ate really high processed foods or things that I used to eat, foods with really high salt or sugar content, I would feel sick afterwards, so I couldn't eat the same things. I couldn't go to you know your local fast food burger outlet and have a massive burger. Well, that
1: helps. Your body rejects it
2: because I would feel sick. Mm. So then those are really clear or, signs or fully as well. Sick sick? No, genuinely sick. Yeah. So those are really, and then you would I would stop to think, why do I feel sick? And then it was always you know it was just like. um putting the pieces together. It was a really like obvious aha moment where I'm having and I'm literally having the thought. Like I'm literally telling myself in my head, I deserve this.
1: Do you think, because to get to that stage you're referring to, there's a level of objectivity that we don't have when we first start because it's all emotion Do you think that's as part of like a a maturation process from just like applying yourself?
2: Yeah. I think for for me, for a lot of the mental side of this that Mm. I've learned over the years has just come from that, being able to take a step back and have a bit of perspective and to really look at what I'm doing and what uh, I'm feeling and what I'm telling myself.
1: Are you saying that because you haven't quit, you've improved? Yeah. Holy shit. So not quitting helps. Is that what you're telling me?
2: It does help. And Whoa. yeah, and really listening to yourself and what you're telling yourself.
1: Well, can I give, um, I was going to give one tip for getting past the whole exercise as a trade-off thing. I'm going to give two and one's going to be the same thing you just said because it's so good I have to repeat it. The first tip I'll give if you are using exercise as a trade-off, you're not going to win. Just accept it, mate. Like you can keep banging your head against the wall as long as you want, you're not going to win. It's actually going to get worse as you get older. So we'll start with that. The second tip I'll give is what Courtney touched on before. If you are going to the effort of recording what you're doing, recording your exercise, recording your eating, recording your drinking, and being honest about it, your sense of um, or your self awareness will increase rather quickly. And you're a smart person. We're all smart people. If you look at things with any manner of or shred of objectivity, you'll know, okay, I do this, I do that. Yeah. You know, so that's where data collection and accountability comes into things and just, you know, recording what you're doing. Yeah. But like I said, understanding, like, you ain't going to win. I don't care who you are or how good you are, you will yeah. not win.
2: Yeah, on both sides of that. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't eat a whole lot of rubbish, and then just say, that's right, I'll go for a run.
1: Yeah, and it's the same thing with, um, you know, I've exercised, I've, I've exercised, I've earned that. Like, if you if you do a hard training session and you then just go and eat junk, you're kind of nullifying the, the purpose of the training in the first place yeah. because you then, you've asked your body to, to, you know, push itself pretty hard and you've pushed yourself hard with whatever your training session is and then you're putting shit back into it. Yeah, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's even calling it an uphill battle is an understatement. It's just fucking impossible. Yeah. It does, just doesn't work that way. Uh, do you want to take the next one?
2: The, the next red, red flag when it comes to our relationship with exercise mm-hmm. is exercise uh, as punishment rather than improvement.
1: Yeah. I love this one because it's one that I um, have struggled with myself where you can be so down on yourself and just you know, like you, almost like you're waging war with your body mm. where as you as you learn more about exercise and and healthy living like exercise should be you know, as a way to improve your body improve your mind improve your spirit etc where so often we can look at it as like oh you know, I've failed at this or I fuck that up or I'm worthless, blah blah blah. I'm gonna go punish myself in the gym. I'm gonna go hurt myself through some some workout I'm gonna do. And it's not a healthy mentality.
2: No. And
1: it's something I've been guilty of in the past, which is like, oh, stop being fucking lazy. Sometimes it's not laziness, it's just like, you know what, have a rest. Yeah. Put your feet up. Recover. and (laughs) this little thing we call recovery versus, oh, you've got to do more. Got to do more. Got to go punish it, you know. Get after it. You're being lazy. You're holding yourself back. And I do see a lot of people as well that seem to approach exercise from the standpoint of I'm going to war with myself. Mm. You know, I'm fighting my body rather than, you know, working with it and improving it and, you know, building this thing brick by brick. To me, this is um, almost a, a mental health thing mm. with how you view yourself and your relationship with your own body and your own abilities where, in my mind, exercise, you know, not just as a form of improvement, but a celebration of what you're capable of, of things you're getting better at, where too often we look at the, the glass half empty where you might have someone who, you know, they're a beginner in the gym and they've got this unrealistic expectation they should be just acing all the weights exercises with perfect form within four, five, six weeks. Like, no. And because, because they haven't done it, oh, well, i failed at this. Mm. I'm, I'm not doing good enough. Like a big, part of, a big part of exercise and training is getting those small wins where it's like, you know what, I'm going to celebrate the fact and be proud of myself because this week I got two inches lower in my squat than last week. Yeah. Or this week I did my bench press and this time I kept my feet firmly planted on the floor rather than tap dancing or bringing my feet up off the ground. You know, celebrating little improvements like that where so so often it can be easy to fall into the trap of sort of punishing yourself for either not being good enough or not thinking you're doing enough Yeah. and, and viewing exercise the wrong way. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that I don't have the same personal connection to because as I spoke about earlier, my hatred of exercise and my overall laziness, mm. it didn't, me punishing myself didn't manifest in that way, the same way it did for you. It manifested in me beating up on myself mentally, um, which would trigger more eating and it was just this vicious sort of mental cycle for me.
1: Can I, sorry to interrupt, I think you've touched on a good point. This is a good way of looking at it as beating yourself up physically.
2: Yeah, yeah, so you you would have these thoughts and it would manifest itself into you physically going and beating yourself up in the gym whereas for me it would manifest mentally and I would just get more, harder my harder and harder on myself beat myself down and it, all of that happened mentally.
1: Okay, so that's yeah, I suppose it's different ways that it comes out. And like another way um this didn't affect me that much. But I've seen it affect plenty of people where they'll think, oh, I went to the gym yesterday and I'm not sore today. Oh, I mustn't have done well enough. I mustn't have gone hard enough. I have to go back and do it again. I'm like, No, you fucking idiot. That's not how it works.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that one in particular I did get a little bit early days only because when I first started working out – um. with with any sort of structure real structure Mm. properly doing weight training i'd never really done weight training before that so doing weight training yeah those days early days i couldn't walk after my first leg days and things like that Mm. i couldn't lift my arms up because my shoulders were so sore Mm -hmm. however it didn't take my body long to get better at those movements what
1: did you think was happening back then when that when you obviously your recovery was improving, you were getting less less muscle soreness.
2: Yeah. so I think I was still probably in tune enough to understand that I was just getting better at these movements, mm-hmm. but it didn't stop that little voice inside my head thinking a few times, oh, should I have pushed myself harder then yeah, okay, um. That that did creep in a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it kept at bay because I wasn't working out by myself. So I knew if I wasn't pushing myself hard, you know, my trainer would have been telling me.
1: And who was your trainer back then?
2: You were. Um, so you would have been telling me that I wasn't working hard enough. So I think that that kept the, those thoughts down and it never really came to anything. But I can understand when people are working out by themselves – and they don't have that person to sort of give them that feedback, nah, that was an awesome workout, straight away, how that that could creep into their minds. Can I
1: quickly hot shot in a tip to get over that immediately? Yeah. Okay. When you go to the gym, regardless of how you feel within 6 hours or 18 hours or 24 hours, regardless of how sore you are or aren't, if you exit... Or, or finish your training session, and you can say to yourself, "I could not have done any more than that, or I could not have pushed any harder than that." You win. Mm. You, if you saw, if you not saw, who fucking cares? That's the question to ask yourself, because I am. Um, I don't believe that people should have to have someone there with them for the rest of their life. No. Um, to say, oh yeah. You couldn't have done better than that. Like No, we don't need that. Um, Like I train by myself most of the time.
2: I do as well. Um,
1: And it's the question I ask myself every time. Could could I have given more there?
2: I actually ask myself that question after every set. Ooh. So it informs what I do for the next set. Mm -hmm. Because most of like all my weight training – Days I will do two sets of every exercise. After the first set of every exercise, hang on,
1: you're not you're not doing supersets or no, pyramid sets. Uh,
2: no, not this time. Um, not this after time. the first set, I will ask myself that actual question in my head, mm-hmm. and that will inform what I do for the next set. Yep. Could I have done more? Was that too easy? So, aka, should I put the weight up or not?
1: Yeah, there's um, there's just a level of honesty that you need to have with yourself with that. And if like I said, if you can if you can leave your session having known within yourself, like, you know what? I gave everything I've got. You're done. Yeah. Mission mission complete. Yeah. Cause the thing is, you know, just a, a touch on to touch on the point of soreness, as your conditioning improves, the soreness goes away because you're getting better. Mm. Then you know you take a week or two off, or you change the um you change someone's training program, you introduce new exercises, well, it all comes back because you know new movements, or you've had a bit of a break, and that's okay. Um so that's that's a tip I'd give on that one. Overall tip I would give for exercise as punishment rather than improvement. I think you've got to start by looking looking at yourself. Like, what are you trying to do to yourself here? Mm.
0: You know,
1: are are you are you overall working for improvement or are you working to beat yourself up because of, you know, failings you think that you've got? Mm. I'm not good enough at this or I'm not good enough at that. That's that's a hard one with tips because for me, it's evolved over time. It's just understanding the role that, that exercise plays in like a successful, not just a successful weight loss journey, but... Healthy, active living,
0: mm.
1: and understand that it isn't always about flogging yourself day in, day out in the gym. It's not about you know I've got to be, I've got to be dead on the ground in a pool of sweat mm. every time out. Like no, you don't. Um, I think that's probably the tip I would give is just uh, you know look yourself in the mirror. Like why am I doing this to myself? Mm. Would you add anything there?
2: No, I think that one's covered.
1: That's a hard one. Yeah. Um, I will take the next one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Working out versus training.
0: Mm.
1: Now, you might hear me say that and think, well, they're the same thing. No, they're not. Not in the slightest. And let me illustrate what I mean. Here's an example of working out, right? Working out with a trainer, no less. So you've got your appointment with your personal trainer at 6.30 p.m. on Monday night, peak hour at the gym, the worst possible time to go. And so you go in there and, you know, your trainer's like, oh, so what do you want to do today? And you go, oh, well, you know, okay, the leg press is being used. Let's go do some bicycles. Yeah, I might go and do some, uh, some dips some bench press nah someone's on the bench press i'll go and um, let's do some more bicep curls instead maybe some leg extensions okay what about sets and reps ah uh, yeah i might just do 30 reps here uh, i'll do 5 sets of 10 over here this is what i mean by working out there's there's no plan there's no structure there's no there's no outcome we're working towards it's to me the, the term working out means you're you're exercising for the sake of exercising. Where training is, I've got a plan, this is what I'm doing today. In, in the case of weight training, this is the ex, these are the exercises in this order. These many sets, this is my rep range, these are the weights I did last week, so I'm gonna strive to improve where I can and maybe have slight increases. And I'm training for a purpose. So, you know, the purpose might be you know, in my weight sessions, I want to get stronger. I want to improve my flexibility and range of motion, all in service of whatever my weight loss goals may be. And then the intensity that comes with it. So, very often, and I'm sure you listening can relate to this because you've either done it yourself or you've seen it plenty of times the people in the gym that are very clearly on autopilot mm. and there's no, they're just going from station to station or just doing random shit, no thought into what's happening and just like, oh, I'll just, I'll just do this and I'll just do this way. And I'll just do this many sets and this many reps and then fucking what's next versus the people that you can see have a plan and have their shit sorted out. They might have, they you know, might be looking at their phone to get, you know, here's what's next or they're, they're old school, they training diary. And you can also see it with the training intensity. There's more of a focus and more of a purpose. That makes sense?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Something you see as well. Actually, I know you see this, Courtney, because we go to the same gym together and you see the same shit I do where you can tell who's working out and who's training.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no... I know and I have actually heard that question asked I mean it's unbelievable that I have heard that question asked what where
1: question
2: they the client will walk into the gym oh. meet the trainer hi how are you going um what do you want to work out today
1: just one thing if your trainer says that to you fire them
2: or oh, it'll be what, what do you feel like doing today and it's like,
1: oh my god! It's such an annoying
2: question, but anyway. And then they will go, and they'll just pick a machine. They'll usually pick the trainer will usually pick, and from my experience, hearing this in the gym, yeah, the the, the client will say answer with, oh, whatever you think is best. And then the the trainer will do the same exercises on the same machines that she's done for every other client that day because it's easy. And she doesn't have to think about it. Or he. Or he. And she or he will not record the information. Mm. They'll just go to the pieces of equipment, chuck the client on there, pick a number, give it a go. No, it's too heavy. No, it's too light. We'll adjust it. Keep going. And then usually they'll do really high <laughs> rep ranges because it's easier to pick a weight that's lower and then just make them do more of it, so they'll start and they'll say, "Oh, how does that feel? Oh, good. Okay, let's aim for ten. They'll get to ten. Oh, are you still doing? Good? Oh, let's just go for twenty. Let's just go for twenty then.
1: You're missing. You're missing the real annoying part of that. We're going to have a digression here. Um, so, what do you do on the weekend?
2: <laughs> While they're exercising, yeah. <laughs> but that's. It, it is. It is really frustrating to see it. But obviously, you know, if people like that, great. If that's what you want. Go
1: and do it. Okay, okay, look, look, that's not what people go to the gym for.
2: (laughs) However, most people don't go to the gym to catch up, you know, with their trainer about what parties they went to on the weekend and to just... Well, even
1: even just random training, that's not the goal. I guarantee you, every single person that goes to the gym, there's an outcome they want to achieve. Yeah. Because to to me, the gym's like buying a tool. It's like buying a hammer. So my goal is not to buy a hammer... Is to do something with it. Yes. Gym's the same way. Like me personally, like my goal's never been my goal is to go to the gym. Like fuck the gym. Yes. I go to the gym for a purpose. Yes. You know? Um, and that's where that's where you see, you know, people that are clearly on fucking autopilot, just doing random shit station to station to station. Yeah. And that is a world apart from actually training where you've got a plan and a purpose. Mm. Big time. Now tip I would give, if you feel that you might be the sort of person that just does workouts versus actually training, get some structure into what you're doing. Have a plan. I'll give you an example. I'll ask myself the question, Matt, when was the last time you went to the gym without a plan? I can't fucking remember. Like we're talking over 15 years.
2: I think the other thing to really ask yourself is, what am I going to gain by switching up the weights that I'm doing every time I enter the gym? Not having a structure around weight training? What is, what is the benefit of that?'
1: We've also before, even before you do that, you look at, am I making measurable progress with this? Am I clearly getting stronger at what I'm doing? or am I getting faster? Is my flexibility improving? Then you go, if you've been doing this long enough, you could then go, Oh, well, you know, are my clothes sitting different? Are my progress photos improving? Yeah. Whatever our, our sort of given way to assess progress is, is it moving in the right direction? Yeah. If it's not, and you can tell that the workouts that you're doing are just that random fucking hodgepodge shit, it's time for structure. Mm. And the thing is, Take it from me, from a mental standpoint, you feel so much better when you've got structure to what you're doing, just this in life in general. Um, but In this case with exercise, because all of a sudden, your gym sessions get shorter
2: because mm.
1: there's no fluffing around or looking around or, you know, oh, what should I do next? Like now I'm going from this to this to this to this and now I'm going home. Bye. Yeah. And this is where in some instances I've had you know, training sessions, weight training sessions in the gym I'm done in 35 minutes. Yeah, same. Some go longer. Some go, you know, as short as 35 minutes. It's not about, you know, I've got to be here you know, more and more and more and more. But when there's focus and, and a plan and there's structure behind it, you might be surprised at how much you actually get done in a smaller amount of time. And it feels better because it's like, oh, well, I'm getting more done in the gym while spending less time in the gym.
2: Yeah. And I think the the same will go for your cardio. So Mm. a tip with your cardio training is, yes, it it might change every time you do cardio. Mm. So that is the difference between cardio and weight training. Cardio, you don't want to become efficient. At one style of cardio training.
1: Well, that goes back to the fitness versus fat loss point. Um, fitness is about that efficiency.
2: So, you want it, you do want to switch it up, mm. but the structure is going to come in because you know, okay, how many cardio sessions do I have to hit this week? So, you already know going into the week when you've got to hit them and how many of them you've got to hit. You know how long they're going to go for, mm. short and sharp. And you more than likely should. Even though yes, you you do switch it around, you should go into that week knowing okay, what what cardio am I going to do this week? So, oh, the weather's going to be awesome. You know what? I'm going to do outside cardio this week. Mm. I'm going to go for a, a, do interval running outside. Or middle of winter and it's freezing outside. You know what? I'm going to go to the gym <laughs> this week for my cardio. Yeah, hit the bike. So you know mm. ahead of time, even though you're you're changing it around you know ahead of time the structure that's in place
1: for it. Well, it's one thing that we we do give our own clients is like everything is structured week by week by week by week. Mm -hmm. There's no room for interpretation here. It's like this this is what we want you to do. So, you know, week one might be, you know, this many weight sessions, this many intense cardio sessions and this many less intense activities like, you know, go for a walk, something like that. And that does change over the course of, you know, 12-week training blocks. But there's structure and there's progression Mm. with that. Mm. And that's a big, big difference between working out and training. So next one. Mm -hmm. I'll get this one. Senses of entitlement around exercise. So it can be things like, uh, you know, I think I'm doing enough, you know, once a week, um, but nothing's changing. This isn't working for me, or a sense of entitlement of, oh well, I've been, I've been doing these squats now for three weeks. Why doesn't it look as good as the person who's been doing it for ten years? What are you expecting? you know sense of entitlement is a big issue that goes well beyond exercise um, but in the context of this episode i think a lot of us really need to check ourselves you know like we're we're exercising but why are we doing this like is take take the, the person who thinks they should be doing and exercise as good as a professional within four to five to six weeks. Like, are you putting a time frame on your improvement? Like, do you think you've got, well, I've got 12 weeks to nail this or i failed? Like, mate, I've been working on certain exercises for fucking 15 years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like you can back me up on this one, Courtney, like my stiff legged deadlift. I'm always working on that fucking exercise. Yes. and I've been doing it now since like 2004. Mm-hmm. A long time ago now, mm-hmm. you know? So we're talking like, what's that, 16, 17 years of improvement, going forwards, going backwards, doing it right, doing it wrong, getting better at it, even to the stage where Courtney was watching me do it the other day here in 2021 because I still want a pair of eyes on me from time to time because sometimes I, I can get ahead of myself and just go, oh, i will load the weight up, let's go. I'm doing it wrong,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and have you seen this with people? A sense of entitlement that can creep in. Oh yeah, around exercise. Yeah, or that, or another one that can can be um, prevalent is, oh well, I think I'm capable of more. Give me more, give me harder. Like get the basics right first, mate.
2: Yeah, it's that. No one wants to be a beginner. No one wants to Ooh. not know things.
1: Ooh, i tell you and what. And I
2: get that. I yeah. I get. I don't like not being good at things. I don't enjoy that.
1: Can I share something with you? I love not being good at things. I know. Do you know why that is though? Because it means I can improve and I've got a, a pathway of improvement in front of me. Though I do think the way, what you said before, Courtney, might even be a better way to put this rather than sense of entitlement is like you want to be a beginner.
2: Nobody wants to like, well, I shouldn't say nobody because you like being a beginner, but I don't like being a beginner. I don't like not being good at things. So that's, it's not naturally comfortable for me. However, however, I do agree with you that at a certain point we have to get over ourselves mm. and understand that if we want to change, we can't do the same thing that we've been doing. Yeah. So at some point, we do have to get over ourselves and say, well, it hasn't worked, I want to change, I'm going to have to learn something new.
1: Can I, on the subject of um, being a beginner, can I share where the real satisfaction comes from with being a beginner when you can feel yourself improving? Mm. It is an infinitely rewarding feeling when it's like, huh, I'm better at that than I was last week. Mm. I'm better at that than I was last month. It is, for me, it's the best feeling now is is that feeling of improvement. Even, even small little incremental things where conversely, you can see these unearned senses of entitlement, these gross senses of entitlement, like, oh, I should be mastering this already. I'm like, fuck off. That's not how this works. Like, yeah, it, took me, it took me many, many years to truly appreciate this phrase. It's about the journey, not the destination. Mm. It took me a long time to actually get it. I, I'd heard it for many, many years and I'd recycled it myself for many, many years, but not until about four years ago, four or three years ago, did it, did it really sink in like, yeah, I get it now. That's where the actual satisfaction With this is, and it's the same thing with exercise. You may, you may go to the gym and you may see, you know, feel yourself struggling with an exercise that the person next to you is just absolutely acing it. Mm -hmm. Enjoy bridging the gap. And understand that the person you see next to you who's killing it, guess what? They started where you are too. And it's okay. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think that's probably also the tip I would give when it comes to senses of entitlement with exercise, like it's okay to be a beginner. It's okay to struggle at certain things because there's, there's improvement within you and physically with you that will come through just sticking with it and chipping away.
2: Yeah. And if you have that feeling of, but I'm doing enough, but nothing's changing, then you, you've really only got one choice, which is live with it, Stop whinging and live with it or change it.
1: I think from there I would probably go further and say get someone who knows what they're doing to look at what you're doing.
2: Yeah, but in terms of just that self, that immediate self is entitlement, making mm. that decision, it's either go down this road or stick with what you've got. Go down this road of self-improvement, look for somebody to help you, be a beginner.
1: Well, it's the old the old. Favourite phrase of mine, if nothing changes, nothing changes.
2: And with that, we move on.
1: All right, last one, Courtney. Yes. Uh, you want to hit this one?
2: Avoidance. Oi. Avoiding going to the gym. <laughs>
1: this is where we bring your personal experience into this. Yes. So when we say avoiding going to the gym and doing the work that needs to be done, there's multiple ways to go about this, isn't there? Mm. So some people I've seen in my experience avoid going to the gym because they don't think they're worth the improvement or worth the time investment. It's a self-worth battle. Um, for some people it can just be simple. It's not It's not as simple as I say it is, but fear. Mm. I don't want to look silly. Mm. I don't want people to stare at me. And that was me for a long time as well. Um. One that was I know it was you, Courtney. Well, I don't know what I'm doing. So I shouldn't go. Can you elaborate on that?
2: Yeah, I mean I I it was it was sort of a a build up. So I hated exercising. Oh. Because I was lazy.
1: Right, you And
2: that wasn't always like I played a lot of sport when I was growing up. So it's not like I was never active. But I didn't like exercising because I was lazy. So I would go and do the bare minimum that I could get away with.
1: That you thought you could get away with? To
2: convince myself that it's okay because I tried to do something.
1: And what was your something?
2: I would walk on the treadmill.
1: And did it work for you?
2: No. Okay. Shocking. Shockingly enough, <laughs> it did not. So but you, you
1: avoided the hard stuff? Yes. Why?
2: There was a sense of well, I don't know what I'm doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know not only what exercise to do. I don't know how many to do. Um, I'd never done weight training before, so there was a sense of I don't want to look silly. Yep. I wouldn't even go into the weight training area of the gym. Mm. So there was a buildup of all of that. I didn't even like using cardio equipment that I'd never used before because I didn't want to look silly.
1: This sounds like a comfort zone thing, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely was.
2: So I mostly just worked on the treadmill because I knew how to turn it on.
1: So what you're saying is you you knew how to walk? Yeah. So you walked?
2: I hated even trying out new equipment because I didn't want other people to see that I didn't know how to use it. Huh. And, you know, you'd see that now. I go into the gym now and I'll go and stand on a piece of equipment and just try to – push buttons and try to figure out how how it works. Yep. But that I would have been mortified to do that back in the day.
1: What got you past that then? Like how did you go from where you were to where you are with that?
2: I think learning how to – my first step was just learning how to start weight training. Mm -hmm. So learning the importance of weight training and having a structure. Mm. So knowing what exercises I was doing, which I loved by the way – I hated the idea of going in there and just like, oh,
1: random shit. what will
2: we do today? Because that then just made me even more fearful. So I felt like this is a tip. If you are someone who is fearful of going into the gym, trust me, having a structured program is your best friend mm. because you literally get good at doing those things mm. and it builds your confidence really quickly. So that's what happened to me. I got good at doing these particular movements
0: Mm.
2: and it built my confidence a lot. Yep. And I think as well just being then being in the gym environment more, being confident to go into the gym and go and just do what I needed to be done. I think once I was in the gym environment as well, I was sort of more conscious of the fact that no one gave a shit what I was doing. No one cares. I think we build these things up in our heads when we're not doing it. That, oh, I'm going to walk in that area and all those guys are going to look at me. Because back the gym that I was going to back in those early days, Mm. the weight training area was filled mostly with men. There wasn't a lot of females in that particular gym that did weight training at that time. Not Mm -hmm. that I remember. I don't know if you remember it differently, Matt. I do
1: remember it differently. It's because you were never in there.
2: Maybe, yeah. (laughs) But I just remember the times that I was there. Mm. Maybe it was just the times that I was there. It was sort of maybe like a tradie time. Mm Mm-hmm. That a lot of the tradies would go to the gym. Yep. So, I I would always think to myself that they're going to be looking at me or laughing at me.
1: Yeah. There's this um. There's this sort of mentality where we 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 seem to think, and I was the same when I was younger. Um, I wouldn't go to the gym because like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to be the fat person. Um, and we think that we're going to be the center of attention. No one gives a fuck. No one cared. No.
2: One um, what I was doing. So, yes, and I think just. Being in the environment more and more, I learnt things like that, and then I learnt that I didn't care if I was looking for a piece of equipment that I couldn't find, or it gave me confidence.
1: Here's the thing. Um, Go with me on this. I'm going to give a a, an example. Uh, Very often, you, you touched on it before, Courtney, where you you think to yourself, "Well, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to use the machines." How many sets and reps should I do? When we're first starting, we're in that sort of beginner phase. We're at the base of the mountain and we're looking up. And so many times we sort of get in the, the trap of telling ourselves, oh, we've got to get to the top immediately. And anything, anything before the top of the mountain is failure. But you, you learn through experience over time that just going up step by step by step by step. Gives you the added perspective, gives you the added experience, and you start to gradually put the pieces of the puzzle together. You don't, you don't have to bite the whole thing off at once. That makes sense. Yes. Um, do you find that that can be a trap that people can fall into?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, any, a, it's overwhelming, really. If you're somebody that hasn't been a big gym-goer, it can be overwhelming, but...
1: it's I, I think it could be overwhelming if you fall into that trap of thinking you've got to get good at all of it at once.
2: And I think also if you think that people are going to be judging you for
1: it. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I'll tell you something. Anyone anyone that would dare judge someone when they're at the beginner status is a fucking asshole. because everyone starts at that stage. Like, I... We'll never forget how god-awful I was as a beginner with weightlifting. But you know what? We've all got to start somewhere. Mm. And that's really the first tip I give. If you've got avoidance issues with going to the gym, you just show up. Just start by showing up. Mm. Like the, very often you can have it where you, you get the, the mountain out of a molehill because you avoid it for so long, you build this thing up into your head where, like, you just can't walk in there. Yeah. Like, just show up. Put your
2: headphones on.
1: That's a good tip. Get
2: your, get get your notebook out that you're writing the your program on.
1: Even just turning up and walking in consistently is a hell of a start because you can then build the next layer on from that. I would even say to someone, right, if you've got issues where you avoid going to the gym for, for various reasons – I think you'd even be better off just going and just winging it and doing random shit to build up the habit of being in there in the first place. Yeah. Because then from there, you might go, okay, my problem of getting here is now behind me.
0: Mm.
1: So I'm now leveling up to the next problem is, okay, now that I'm here consistently, how can I get the most out of being here consistently? Mm. It doesn't need to be turn up, have a structured program, know exactly what you're doing and execute all the time. No, you can build this thing on layer by layer. But I think it starts with the first step here, of like just fucking get there.
2: I agree. And I think in terms of the embarrassment factor, mm. I think there's there's a couple of different styles of people that go to gyms and this is just what I've noticed from our particular gym that mm-hmm. we go to mm-hmm. and it is not – it is a – Um. Male and female gym. It's not Matt and I both go to this gym, and it's a gym that a lot of there's a big range. There's a lot of elderly people that go to this gym. There's a lot of younger people.
1: It's I would say um, our gym is more geared towards people that are deadly serious yes. about their training. Um, and I know for a fact our gym, the gym we go to, would have scared the shit. Out of me when I first started. Same.
2: But I think from going to this gym, there's a couple of different people that you tend to find personality wise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've obviously got the elderly people that are doing their thing. Then you've got... Which
1: I love, by the way. I
2: love it as well. I love to see them doing their thing. You've got the people that, you know, look very serious when they uh, are working out. And they're the ones that tend to intimidate you as a beginner (laughs) i can guarantee you that those sort of people generally always had headphones on and they are more interested in looking at themselves in the mirror than they would not even know that you're there yeah they wouldn't even know you're in the same room then you've also got the people that are doing their exercises and they might be looking around or looking at you exercising chances are they're looking at you what you're doing because they're not confident about what they're doing and they're not looking at you and judging your shape or your outfit they're actually trying to figure out what exercise you're doing so they can probably copy it because they're yeah. not confident on what they're doing so they're the only people i've ever noticed that will look around at the gym and then you've got the genuine people who want to help you know they might come up and say i had one guy once this tradey guy come up to me and asked me if I needed – I was working out by myself and asked me if – he asked me if I he could uh, – if I wanted him to spot me. I was doing a dumbbell um, – not dumbbell, but um, yeah, dumbbell uh, bench, bench press. So I had you, to. you pick, sure about that? Yes, yeah, so I had to pick both dumbbells up and then lie down because I was there by myself and I'd done it once and before my second set he came over, he was working out next to me and said, would you like me to pass you those? And I I said to him, no, I'm actually fine, but thank you so much for asking.
1: It's called being courteous and friendly. I like it. And
2: then from that day, that same guy, whenever I was at the gym, he would always say, oh, hi, how are you going? Just from that one conversation of him asking. So you get a really big range of people, but the main thing is that, and I know it's easy to say because I've been going to gyms now for what, like consistently, properly training for what, nine years?
1: Uh, Getting towards, it'll, it'll be nine years for you this year, yeah.
2: But guarantee you, it'll be uncomfortable in the beginning, but you will get to the stage where you'll be able to pick out these people as well.
1: You've got to really, it's really about sort of normalizing the behavior. And the only way to sort of get it where you you can get over the fear of gyms and the avoidance tactics that we sort of play, the way to get over it is just to turn up.
2: I really like your tip though, Matt, of Mm. just go. So, even if you are not ready yet to start a structured weight training program or something like that, just go. Just fucking get there. Use the cardio equipment. Um,
1: You've got to, yeah, you've got to build the routine before you improve the routine.
2: Yeah. But, guarantee you, the biggest difference for me was having structure, knowing exactly what I needed to do when I got in there, because it took away that, that, um, embarrassment that i felt like i had of walking around trying to figure out what to do next
1: well that's um that's a tip that's obviously worth giving is that if you feel that you're lacking structure like ask for help yeah like go go get a trainer go get a coach um word of advice if you work with a coach or a trainer who doesn't give you structure for your training you need a new one yeah well that's that's a colossal red flag but this this Lines up again with you know the eight hundred millionth time in the history of this podcast we've said this. Just ask for help. Yeah. Yep. Um. Let's give a summary. Yes. Here, shall we?
2: Yes. There was a lot of tips.
1: We've given a lot of tips. Um, so what we're going to do is just give you three, our three biggest take-home messages from what we've all discussed here over the last hour and a bit. I'll take the first one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When we talk about you know our relationship with exercise, is just understand that exercise should be part of a holistic plan. So it shouldn't be where we overemphasize the role of exercise but not underemphasize the role of it either. It does play a part, a, a, a significant part, but not the only part. Mm. It should be in conjunction with, You know, what are our habits like in the kitchen? What are my sleeping habits like? What am I what am I doing during my downtime to relax and and restore and recover physically and mentally and emotionally with this? So that's the first tip, the first big tip I'd give overall is understand it's part of the equation, not the equation.
2: Oh, yes. Sorry, I was just listening to you. Yeah, that would be you, yeah. I'm going to speak next. Um, the next tip to summarise is you don't know what you don't know. Don't be afraid to ask for
1: help. And That's where I see a lot of people unnecessarily beat themselves up is, oh, I don't know how to squat properly. I don't know how to write up a training program properly. Well, of course you fucking don't. You haven't been taught. I didn't know either until I got qualified. Same with Courtney. Courtney didn't know how to do this stuff until she was taught how to do it. So you don't know what you don't know. Yep. So go learn. Yep. Go surround yourself with people or align with people that can teach you these things. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the goals we have with our own clients, isn't it, Courtney? Like to teach them how to do this themselves. Mm. Yeah? Yes. Um, third and final thing. When it comes to uh, exercise, just remember this one thing. Nutrition dictates all results from exercise.
2: I don't think that one needs (laughs) explanation.
1: No, and uh, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Well done, Courtney. High five.
2: High five to you. Thanks for...
1: And high five to you. Yeah, sticking with us. For listening. So come hang out with us at our Facebook group. If you go to Facebook and search for The Weight Loss Podcast... You'll find it. You'll find the Weight Loss Podcast Facebook group. There will also be a link to the group in the app that you're using right now. You can just press the button and away you go. Come and hang out with us in our Facebook group. Um, If you want to read more about this episode or other episodes of the show, go and visit our website, which is what, Courtney?
2: Theweightlosspodcast.com.
1: And that's a wrap for this episode. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you for the next one.
2: See ya.